Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Right up front, I want to say that I don't take podcasting lightly. I am aware of the effect it has. I know many people look to me as the voice of a generation, you know, a fashion icon, their single source of news. I get all that. And so I imagine that there are many budding podcasters out there who want to do what I'm doing, who want to make it up to the big leagues like me with with no sponsorships and not that many listeners. So I want to offer you a tip right up front here before we get rolling. If you're ever going to do a podcast intro, one, it's important to be humble. You know, you want to make sure you're not overinflating yourself or outright lying to the to the kind people who are listening to you. Two, if you're going to do an introduction to an interview, don't eat popcorn right before you do it because it's going to be in your teeth. You're going to be feeling it. It's going to disrupt your flow. You're not even going to be able to stay on topic probably. Oh, so today we have, uh, this is part two of the one recording session I did with Jeffrey Goodman. And uh, like I said in the last episode with him, when did you know it? Pastors can be long-winded. I was shocked too. No, I don't blame him. I blame me. I was just, I really enjoyed conversation. It was nice to just hang out. You know, he doesn't really ever acknowledge me when I'm at church with him on Sundays. It's more just like that guy that he's trying to avoid. You know, you make eye contact with people and you're like, really hope that guy doesn't come over and talk to me. And here he comes. That's me to Jeffrey, I think. So I was just happy to to have him in my garage and locked in slash the tires on his car and he couldn't leave so we did an extended episode and this is part two because if you haven't listened to part one you should start there because you really get to know the man his views his heart and then i think it will really help you understand the discussion topic today and and some of the the things we talk about understand him first you might know me you might not know me at all if you don't know me hey what's up thanks for listening uh but i think that's a great first place to start but today we're going to talk about the the church where it sits in america what things we've maybe failed at, things we hope it to be. As you probably know, if you've if you've read my book, Unbalanced, I talk a lot about the American church. And what I tried to do with that was offer critique because I feel like it, it deserves critique, but also offer my encouragement because I am in the church. I'm an American Christian, whatever you want to label me as, but I'm an advocate for the American church. But I also acknowledge where it has fallen short. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I hope you hear the heart behind it. Um, there's, I just really want to talk to Jeffrey about this. He, I think he really does a good job of navigating our church, at least for my time being there, through some pretty tricky, crazy stuff. You know, we're in the shadow of D.C. out here, so there's a lot of stuff that happens uh, in D.C. and in there's a lot of different dissenting views in our own congregation. So um, I really just have come to respect him and admire him. So I wanted to talk to him about that and uh, see what he gets to think. So I hope you enjoy it. Hope you're challenged. And um, you might not agree with everything. That's totally okay. That's what we're here to do. Have a good discussion and love each other in the end. So let's get to it. So one of the things uh, I, I want to talk about specifically too, I think with with where Destiny is and the in the shadow of DC and you know and the, and the culture here and coming out of COVID, is is where does the church fit in culture, uh, and how do you as a pastor navigate that? I cannot imagine a more trying difficult season than the past like five years five six years in the church <laughs> and people say we're more divided than ever i'm like i don't know if that's true or not but it does feel that way yeah. um and i want to kind of open this up with um 
so my girls are three and one year old. And, you know, as we said, I grew up in the church. And um, one of my favorite things that happens now is I'll be playing in the band or something. And Brittany will come with them a little bit later on a Sunday. And they come in, they just run into the church. Violet runs on stage. Harper's crawling all around. And then after church gets out, people are kind of hanging out. And the kids are just running through the, the church. And there's just like this element of joy there. And nobody ever is like, your kids need to be put in the, you know, it's like they feel yeah. excited and safe. Um, and it's just touched me personally as like, I'm like, this is, this is where I want my kids. And I think there's a stigma too, of like, don't force religion on your kids. Don't whatever. Um, the way I see it is like, well, if I take my kid to the American history museum, am I forcing history on them as well? You know, like what are they allowed to be exposed to? And I get, and I'll be the first to admit that the church has hurt people. You know, I've been hurt by, I wrote a whole book about like this fact that it's hurt a lot of people, but I also think it's a place of healing. And the reason I believe in it, and we can get into this a little bit more is that, you know, if we can be honest about that, if we can be open about the things that we've done wrong, um, but I also think like any organization is going to hurt people. Like you get a group of 12 people together long enough, there's going to be some disconnect, but the church has this power beyond all these other organizations. Like, yes, we hurt, but also we heal. Um, and so that's kind of, I, I like to talk about that concept for a little bit about what's your vision for the church. And, you know, I, I think we also, we often get this idea of churches, like, especially people in America and, and, the South where we grew up, it's like, it's part of life. It's a slice of life. You go to church and then you live your life how you want to. And then you come, but it's so much more than that. It's, it, it's more than a country club. And then also for people like us that like the church, it becomes almost like a country club. Like we go there, our friends are there, we all hang out and then we leave, but that's not it either. What do you think the church is and, and where have you seen it shine brightest? Uh, and you know, what's your hope for it and, and specifically destiny? I know that's a lot of questions at once. So we can oh, get into man. all this. <laughs> and if you could just sum that up in 10 minutes. No. <laughs> um, Does that make sense, though, what I'm, y- what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and you know, I, I'd say, you know, first and foremost, I'm certainly no expert on, you know, these things. And I, I feel like that, you know, I'm, or at least I try to be ever, um, you know, inquisitive and evolving and growing and learning on this stuff. Um, I think, you know, one of the things you started out asking was, you know, how does the church fit in culture? Um, what's its place in it? And, and I would respond, you know, to that just by saying, I don't think personally that the church necessarily should, nor was it created to fit in culture um, I think the church should create culture. I think that, you know, we as the church are called by God to be an alternate community um, within, you know, the the context and the culture that, that we exist. Um, now, in that, I'm not saying that we're some sort of monastic, you know, <laughs> isolated people, you know, out on the mountains that, you know, doesn't interact. What I mean by that is, you know, um, that, that when you are, when you are born again and you, you become a follower of Jesus and you are initiated into the family of God, um, 
the the church, right? The, the the New Testament word for that is ecclesia, right? The called out ones, right? Hmm. Um, then then you are called into I would say what humanity was always created to be from the beginning. So th- this is who Jesus was, right? He um, he was more fully human than anyone that had ever walked the planet since Adam and Eve before the fall. Um, we often think of humanity as, you know, um, a negative mm-hmm. kind of um, term, right? Uh, you know, we do something crazy or stupid or make a mistake. Oh, you're just human, right? Right, right. Um, and I get it. You know, I, I know the sentiment there that's trying to, to be air expressed. Is human, right, you know, exactly. Okay. But um, we forget that in Genesis when, you know, the writer of Genesis is recording um, this this creation narrative that, that when God created everything he created at the beginning before the fall um, was good. He called it good. And and that served for humanity as well. He created man from the dust of the earth and he breathed in him the breath of life and he became a living soul. And God said, that's good. That's not broken. It's, you know, not, you know, an, an error. It's good. It's created to be good. Um, and of course, and we don't have time to get into all of the you know nuances <laughs> of of what happened, right? Yeah. But um, sin broke, if we could say it that way, um, God's initial creative intent. Uh, and the whole narrative of Scripture is you know God getting his kids back, and God getting not just his kids; he's getting all creation back, right? Right. Um, to pre-fall conditions. And so when Jesus arrives on the scene, um, Paul calls him the second man, Adam, right? He is, um, he is fully human. And I only bring that out to say like, Jesus is showing us how to live from a kingdom of God perspective. His message was the kingdom has come. Mm -hmm. The kingdom has come. And how I equate that in my mind is, you know, um, this is he's he's getting humanity and creation back to the Garden of Eden, uh, what it was like before sin wreaked havoc, and and the kingdom of God it brings with it peace, it brings with it um, healing, it brings with it wholeness, it brings with it unconditional love, it brings with it all of these things, and and that's kind of a long way of going around saying <laughs> no, it's that, that Jesus came to form a, and create an alternate culture and an alternate um, community. Because I, I think, and you know, I don't know how far we want to go down this road, but like, I think one of the challenges for the church, especially the Western church um, in more recent years is, you know, you have to be very careful not to try to just set yourself up as one of the options among the many philosophies, right? <laughs> of like, right. you know, well, you know, our tribe, we, you know, believe X, Y, Z, and, you know, um, we align with, you know, this particular viewpoint or this particular aspect of, of, of culture and community. Yeah. When, um, if you start from that perspective, and to be honest with you, I think in, again, in the Western church, um, not all of it, but, you know, some of, you know, the, you know, various factions of it has been co-opted um, by not kingdom of heaven 
um, perspectives, but but kingdom of this world perspective. Well, well we have the luxury of options here, right. I think. You know, yeah. if you're dealing with like the Acts church, the early church, like there's one church in that town or it's meeting at right. somebody's home, yep. you know, like the... Mm-hmm. Well, I don't like the songs. Well, deal with it. This is your only option. We're here. It's like, you know, we, we look at it basically like we're looking at apartments. Like, And, and I get that, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to go to church where I'm bored out of my mind or I hate every sure. song. You know, yeah. so I get that. But I do think it it bleeds into our thinking like this is about me and not about, right. not, not that I'm here for, for yeah. the church or for God. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, where sometimes the church, and again, who am I, like, I'm no one to critique, you know, but again, this is just off the editorial page and talking through this whole idea. um, Could it be that some of the missteps of the church where we have as, as the church in the Western world certainly made missteps and, you know, have definitely earned the critique of, of the culture. um, I think some of that, not all of it, you know, because there's always just people that are dead set against the church. It doesn't matter what you're going to, what you do or say. Right. Right, right. But I think some of that is earned from the perspective of like, you know, well, you know, um, you're, you're trying to, you're, you're trying to be accepted by certain aspects of the culture and you're trying to take up a certain cause. Um, and I'm not against necessarily taking up, you know, there are definitely causes worth fighting for, but, you know, I, I think we never should lose sight that first and foremost, the church is an alternate community that creates culture mm-hmm. because when Jesus came to establish a church, there was nothing around, there was nothing that it could fit into. Right. It's one of the reasons why it was so radical. Like, well, what do we do with this man named Jesus? Like, yeah, he doesn't fit into anything. Yeah. Um, and, and you know he, he rather was like i'm not i'm not here to take up your pet cause i'm here to declare the kingdom yeah. i'm here to show you what it's like um when god is king and when you have fully and completely and totally surrendered your ideas your life hmm. you know to the way of god and and it's radical it's yeah. not it doesn't make sense in you know, in, in what we would think of as normal life. Well, I think what you're getting at maybe, and you can tell me if I'm incorrect, uh, is, is changing the starting point. So Mm -hmm. when we're dealing with, so, you know, in the recent years, uh, you know, especially with the rise of social media, I mean, like I, I was thinking about this the other day, I'm like, why would I ever know before the internet, what a senator in Texas is doing and when he thinks about anything, you know, yeah. but I know what's going on in Ted Cruz's life every single day. Cause it's like nonstop or AOC or anything, you know, like sure. it's just like, yeah. we know about all this stuff. Um, and so I think it's really easy to, to just be inundated with news and culture and what's going on and trending issues and then shove that into the church of mm-hmm. like, okay, this is going on in culture. So where does the church fit versus like, the starting point of like, like you're saying, like God creates culture. Christ said to love the poor. Christ said to get like that. And like there, starting from that point, what do we do about what's going on? So right. I, one of the struggles or frustrations I think I've had with church is that, you know, it's almost like we're on a plane that's going down like George Floyd stuff recently, you know, like last few years, 
I saw a civil rights movement like I don't think we've ever seen in our lifetimes, like just people motivated, like it's in the news everywhere. Obviously what happened with him specifically is egregious, but it's bringing to light more injustices. Our, our black brothers and sisters are saying, yeah, this has been going on. Like we got to listen. And I think a mistake that some people in the church can make is like, well, we just got to focus on Jesus. Like, let's just look at but yeah. Jesus, you know, and it's like, we're on a plane that's going down and, and the church is like, would anyone like a soda? You know, you're like, well, right. I think yeah. there's something going on that we need to address. Mm-hmm. However, we can't take the culture, like what they're saying is important and shove it into like, let me find a verse where Jesus aligns with what I'm saying. How, right. how do you approach that then? So obviously, <laughs> you know, you're a pastor during some of this stuff sure. and we don't have to go into every single trending issue, but right. at what point do you say, okay, this is something I need to discuss. This goes beyond trending Ted Cruz Twitter accounts and AOC into like, this is something that's affecting the heart of God. It's affecting God's people. Now, how do you navigate that? Yeah. Well, the way I navigated that specific instance was I preached 11 straight weeks on it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. So, um, you know, I, and I'm not saying that's the right way. You probably lost some members. (laughs) uh, You could say that. Yeah. Um, Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it was one of those moments where I felt like, look, if if you know anyone is going to walk or whatever over something like this is a hill I'll die on, um, and you know you have to be very careful. It's like you said because whether it's whatever issue you're talking about, like you have to be careful not to get sucked into the cultural narrative, yeah, because. You know, obviously everyone, especially from a political perspective, sees their moments to seize advantages in terms of power and, right. you know, talking points. And 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 so it's very easy to kind of get labeled with that or caught up in that if you're not careful. And you get assigned a side if you say oh, something. Absolutely. Everybody's picked out. Well, if you say this version, it means that you're on right. team left. If you say this line, it means right. you're on team right. And, mm-hmm. and God forbid you say something that somebody doesn't agree with yes, you know and they assign yes. a label to every you. word is dissected yeah every word is dissected and every word has a meaning mm-hmm. and the meaning you know is contingent upon the filter through which the hearer is hearing it right 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 and so you know i could say something and someone hear it and their filter telling them i'm saying something completely the opposite of what I'm actually saying. Right. And so, you know, I don't know that I handled that particularly well, whether it's that or any issue, but I do know that, you know, my job and what I try to do, and I'm not saying I've been successful at all times, but um, I try to just always, to the best of my ability, filter my thoughts and my words through the scripture. I think everything has to go through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Everything has to go through Jesus. And that seems real simple, but when you really study Jesus, that's very hard. Well, what did he say? He's like, <laughs> I came to bring not peace, but a sword. Right. You know, what do you do with that? It's like, Jesus is nice there. I'm like, Jesus really cares about the rich people. You know, like, yeah, he does, but yeah. he also cares about the poor. And, I, you know, kind of a personal story. A couple of weeks ago, I was just kind of walking, and kind of like we talked about on the last episode of just these God moments. And I felt like God, like I, I wrote some blogs during the, the George Floyd stuff. And like, mm-hmm. I was talking to my friends and like did podcasts about, I'm like really moved by this. And maybe part of that was like guilt of like, Oh, I should have been doing something about this years before, you know? But a lot of it came from just being, I think moved by the Holy spirit and moved by my, my, my friends. Um, 
And some people didn't like it. They're like, this is the most racist thing I've ever read. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, you can show me some other stuff you've read. I'm sure it's sure, like, a little yeah. bit worse. Um, anyway, so I'm just, but I didn't enjoy that. I didn't love like, oh yeah, like there's a, <laughs> my Facebook post is blowing up and it's something I didn't design at all. I was just trying to make a statement and I hated it. I'm like, Brittany was sitting on the couch one time with me and I was reading a comment. She's like, I can hear your heartbeat. Like you're, you're racing. Yeah. I'm just like, I can't, <laughs> I'm just not built for this. You know, yeah. I'll never be on, you know, a cable news show arguing with somebody, but, um, felt like the Lord told me, he's like, you know, you are not a divider. You are a uniter. Yeah. But sometimes in order to unite, you're going to have to say things that divide people. Yeah. And that just made a lot of sense to me. It's like, and it gets, I think to what you're saying, it's like the lens of Jesus, like how do I filter this through, through him? And as I think that's like, and so you, what you're saying is like, you know, you look at like a a Ben Shapiro or a, um, trying to think of a liberal version of that. I'm trying to play both sides here. Uh, you know, like what they do is kind of like they talk on Twitter nonstop and it's like, they're motivating you to to get you angry. Like right. they're they're inciting you. They're trying yeah. to bring out things, but you're going to click their stuff, and it's going to make you angry. And the angrier you get, it's going to keep you coming back for more. And that's their right. brand. Yeah. Uh, whereas Jesus is saying, like, I am here to to speak love. You know, it's a different right. starting point of like the goal yeah. of this is to preach you the truth yeah. and that you would yeah. change and that you would see the least of these, yeah. that kind of thing. And I yeah. think it's, again, it's that starting point. It's a tiny yeah, well, shift. It goes to that counterculture kind of community, you know, that, that we were talking about, right? It, it's, you know, everything in the, from the kingdom of God perspective is just flipped upside down mm-hmm. in the terms of the way that we are naturally wired to see the world. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I loved about Jesus and that I think that we can, certainly learn from and again not that you get it right all the time but whenever there, there were plenty of times that people tried to suck him into the cultural debates of the day yeah right? that's right they wanted him to pick a side right um, whether it's they drag a woman from the bed of adultery and throw him at his feet and say, hey, the law of Moses says this yeah. in black and white. What do you say? Right. right. Or, um, you know, uh, uh, um, the the rich young ruler comes and says, what does it take to inherit e- eternal life? Yeah. And Who's my neighbor? Yeah. All, and, uh, all of these, you know, the lawyer who who tried to, you know, trip him up and, and, and you know, pr- pose a question, you know, to him. And, and Jesus... Like in in so many of these instances, he wouldn't take the bait. Yeah, you're right. He he would not engage in the conversation in the way in which the norms of the culture had traditionally done so and were currently doing. He would rather come at it from a kingdom of God perspective. Like the story of, you know, these people that drag a woman from the bed of adultery to Jesus's feet and, mm-hmm. you know, say, Hey, the law of Moses says, you know, we should stone her. What do you say? He, Jesus would just refuse to engage mm-hmm. in the cultural norms in terms of the conversation of the day. Like right. he wouldn't take the bait. He wouldn't let them bait him into, you know, approaching the issues from the traditional kind of cultural aspects right yeah he would come from a kingdom of god perspective and he would say well actually whoever's got sin without sin let them cast the first stone Mm -hmm. and so jesus would often you know respond to these highly tense and 
highly controversial topics um, with more tension. <laughs> and, yeah. But but he would come at it from a deeper perspective, and often he would answer their questions with more questions. Yeah, that would make them think on a deeper level, and and so you know from the from the kingdom of the world perspective, it's all about rightness, and it's all about who can be right more so I can acquire more power so that I can, you know, exercise that power to coerce the people who I think are wrong into the way I see the world, right? And Jesus is saying, actually, power is not about coercing the other. Power is about serving the other. Right, right. It's about relinquishing your power. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is how the kingdom of God works. This is why... You know, people had such a hard time with his message, and 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 he was rejected by so many because this is not the way the world works. This doesn't right. make sense. Like, the Messiah is not supposed to willingly surrender himself and allow right. himself to be crucified. The Messiah is the one that wields the sword and leads the rebellion, right? Right. And so Jesus, in, early on in his ministry, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount, and he's preaching the way of the kingdom of God. And he's not preaching this because this is what's going to win the argument in the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone strikes your cheek, like turn the other, you know, someone asks for your, you know, shirt, give him your coat. Also, someone wants you to carry his pack a mile. You carry it two miles. This is is not the way that you win the trophy in the world in which you're surrounded by this. It's not the culture you live in. But Jesus is rather teaching that this is just the way the kingdom of God is. And I think that's why it's impactful and effective because you can't box it in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just finished Martin Luther King's book, Why We Can't Wait, which I recommend. I did. I just read it for the first time this year, and I'm like, you should read that before you read any other books on civil rights or anything like that. But, you know, he talked about, obviously, the nonviolent protest and why this was powerful. It's like, because you can't hurt us. Because like you said, like the the expected response is if we punch you, you're going to punch us back. And then we got you because look, you know, and so I I think it's like, you know, you look at how, you know, you might want to go about taking back power. Like, why don't you go storm the Capitol? See how that works out, you know, or burn down your city block. And do you really get what you want? You know, with the riot, with the insurrection or anything? No, you don't. (laughs) And so it's like, even these ideas that we have, like that, that culture has said, these are right. Clearly they don't get us the desired effect. Um, and I think that the power of the church is that we're able to have these different ideas. First off, the, another topic is I don't think we're as divided as we think we are. We're just like looking at the wrong, you know, hot topics. But the power of the church is that we come under this, the cross of Christ. And like you says, like, you got to be born again. It's like, well, I've got these political views or whatever. Like, that's nice. But is, how is that going to spread the gospel? And right. So I think it's, does that make sense of like that's that's where we can kind of come together? We all have to fall under this this rule of of Jesus and submit to him, submit to authority. That's countercultural to be able, but to submit to each other too. You know, we come in and we don't have to gain power that way through a political approach or through a trending approach or anything like that. And that's where I when I see the church be effective, I'm like, you go on a mission trip with somebody, you could be a Republican and a Democrat. You're you're building a building together. It doesn't really matter what you think about whatever election. Um, and I think we just get, so again, it comes back to the luxury of time and options in yeah. America that I think we kind of miss that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so good. And you know, you have to be very careful um, because everybody will pick your fights for you. 
Yeah. You know, everybody's got a fight they want you to enter into the ring on, right? And, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're, want to push you into a corner. And, and again, I'm not saying that there are not times and, and situations and circumstances to which we need to be very clear. Yeah. And we need to speak with a clear voice, right? As, as the church. Um, but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, in, in a culture where there are landmines everywhere and everybody, it seems, has a point they want to make and a fight that they want to fight. And, um, you know, they, they want to pull you in and suck you in because they want to know where you stand on this so that mm-hmm. they can either like champion you or crucify you. Like, right. Right. You know, and you, you have to, number one, be careful of motive, you know, and, and then you have to be very careful not to be sucked into the conversation from, again, the, the perspective of, you know, whether it's political infighting or, you know, what to what end do do, do you want me to engage in this? Right, right. Um, you have to engage it from to the best of our ability. Right. From the from from, you know, the perspective of of Jesus. And again, that's not to say that that he didn't speak very directly to things that were very political in nature. Yeah. Um, but you just can't take up any fight just to take up a fight, yeah. just to, you know, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and I'm going to bless God, let him know where I stand on this. Right. Um, you know, you have to be very careful when you do that because, um, you know, if you're not careful, you can be engaging it from, from, a perspective other than a kingdom. Yeah. Perspective. And imagine that's challenging for you to, um, you know, again, with our 24 hour news cycle, mm-hmm. like it's, we were never built for this much information. No, we weren't. Uh, and to process that and to know what, what it's God speak telling you to speak out on, you know, and obviously the, you're, probably your goal is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable, you know, like mm-hmm. if your pastor never says anything that rubs you the wrong way or hurts you and, you know, not maybe hurts the wrong word, but, gets at you to to change something you know like challenge yeah you got to be challenged so you know how do you how do you deal with all of that you know i I imagine sometimes you're prepping for something like oh this challenges me and this hurts me and that's kind of how i feel about when i read the bible that's why i believe it's true because i read stuff that i really don't like uh there's parts where i'm like god i wish that wasn't in there i wish this was in here right but it hurts me but to me i feel like that shows me like I'm not my own God in that sense of like, and I'm, yeah. I make a lot of stupid decisions, you know? So I'm glad to know I'm, I'm not the, the end all be all, but you know, how do you deal with that? How do you, you wrestle with comforting and challenging and, and yeah. choosing what, what your message is going to be? Yeah. It's that whole ebb and flow of, <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it, it takes, it takes everything to, to grow a plant, right? It, yeah. It takes the rain. It takes the sunshine. It takes pruning. It takes yeah. pruning. It takes, you know, pampering. It takes all of that. And I've killed a lot of plants and I know this would be true. <laughs> I would just say, I wouldn't yeah. know. I do not have a green thumb, but, um, you know, it, it works that way, you know, with us. I, I think, you know, I, I don't get it right all the time. I'll be very honest uh, about that. Like I, I'm sure that there are plenty of times that I, you know, misstep on that, but I, try to kind of filter everything through um you know the motive of of love and uh, i don't want that to sound trite or like you know over simplistic answer but you know i i want love to lead the way i want um 
Jesus to, to lead the way. And, and so sometimes that looks like, you know, I'm going to lovingly challenge you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I actually, a few weeks ago was preaching to the church and, and I kind of addressed this a little bit cause I knew I was going to say some things that challenged yeah. the way that we think. And, and I just kind of dealt with it from the front end of, um, Hey, you know, I've, I've had people, you know, leave churches, places that I've pastored because, you know, I said something that, you know, challenged or, or made them uncomfortable or, you know. Uh, and, and I just kind of I tried to, you know, joke about it. I'm like, I get that. Cause I say stuff that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like though it's, you said this earlier, the way of Jesus should challenge you. Right. Like if you're never challenged, um, by the way of Jesus, you're need to check the yeah. Jesus you're following because man, well, there's some, there's some tough, <laughs> tough stuff. Yeah. There. Like the whole love your enemies thing. I'm like, I right. wish that wasn't in there, but. Yeah, <laughs> that's tough, man. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's a countercultural way of living, and so, you know, we are we are programmed, you know, um, in in some sense by the surroundings and our environment to to just kind of naturally see and flow a certain direction with yeah. our life, and and the way of Jesus is kind of knocking on the door, saying, "Hey, hey, hey, hey." No, yeah. you know, I'm going this way. Like the the kingdom way is the opposite of right. everything else around you. Right? And, and and to what you should say there, I'm sure there's also an element of like what you should not say, the restraint element right. of it all, and pulling yeah. back on. Well, is this just my emotions, and I really want to, you know? And I, that's what I struggle with sometimes is like choosing your arenas for it too. And I yeah. think I have personally. I have my private opinions where I'll probably just share with my wife, Brittany, or whatever. I'm like working this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Then I have like opinions I would share with my friends or like maybe at a party that I would never post on Facebook. And then there's like for it to get to that point of like, I'm going to publicly say this for people that I barely know. Like it's that's like I got to really be confident in that or really be moved by yeah. that. So yeah. I'm sure you have that yeah. kind of same. Yeah. And you have to be careful, you know, like you said, um, at least I try to be careful. Like number one, I'm not going to just jump up there and preach on something because I feel like somebody thinks I should preach on it. Like I don't have to speak to everything you think I should say, speak to, or in the moment you think I should speak to it. Right. Um, and because again, there's people with agendas and you know, they're just trying to get some sort of, you know, whatever thing out of you. Right. And, um, I, I think that, you know, you have that aspect of it. Um, you know, so I think that you have to really feel, you know, like, you know, the time is right, you know, that you have something to say from a biblical perspective. You have something that is going to step in and challenge people from both sides of it, um, you know, or all three or four, what, however many different viewpoints there is, you know, when you're talking about cultural aspects like you know, the, the the way of Jesus and the voice of Jesus has this unique ability of sliding into your space wherever you are and challenging you at whatever level or from whatever perspective mm-hmm. you're coming from, right? Yeah. I mean, Jesus, he was a friend to sinners, but he also confronted them, right? Yeah. Uh, and he also was, you know, a friend to the religious you know, uh, of the day, but he also confronted them. Like right. every space he trafficked in and out of the way of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the idea of the kingdom of God, it challenged every arena and every thought. And, you know, I think, you know, where we've gone wrong in 
like where we are in society now is we think we can co-opt the way of Jesus. Yeah, I think you're right. We think we can arrest Jesus and make him fit into our side. And that's not the way Jesus works. And that's not the way the kingdom works. Right. Um, He is Lord. (laughs) Right. And that means something. That title Lord is weighty. And that means you don't get to do with him what you want to. You know, you submit to him. And as Lord, he's going to come into whatever space you're in and you're going to be challenged. Yeah. From whatever perspective you're at. And 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 it's he's not Lord unless you're willing to lay your life and your way at his feet. Yeah. No, and say, I right. surrender to that. Right. So in terms of like a vibrant, effective church, you know, what's your vision for your own church and where do you think, you know, like we talked about earlier, it's like, you know, it's, it's a safe place. It's a sense in the sense of like you got community there you got people that love you you got people that are going to see the potential that you might not see like there's that 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 element of community but what's what's the mission of the church you know where do you think and where do you think maybe one the american church specifically since that's what we're most familiar with is maybe dropping the ball and where where, what's your vision for for destiny um, well, I, I think, you know, uh, man, there's a lot to that. <laughs> we probably don't and have if you wrap it up in two minutes <laughs> <laughs> to, to get into all that. But I, I think, you know, my vision when I think about, you know, the church that, that God has um, so graciously entrusted, you know, me to, um, you know, try to lead, you know, I, I, I'm really lately have just been leaning into this whole idea of belonging and becoming and building. Like I'm Mm. preaching a series have been for several weeks now um, to our church. And I really do feel like it's formative in the life of our church. Um, I I think, you know, if you look at the whole of scripture, there's three themes and there's others, but, but three main themes that comes, you know, to the forefront that, that, describe God's activity in the world and what he's up to. Like God is always forming a people to that belong to him and that belong to each other. Like he is, he's not, you know, working in isolation. He's not like pulling people off to the side and like, Hey, me and you's got our thing going. Like he is, he is working in the lives of individuals and, we understand that we belong to God, but then he puts us in the Bible says he sets the lonelies and families. Like he sets us into this family called the church. Um, and we belong, Paul says to each other mm-hmm. and not just to God. And so I think the church number one should be a place where we create a sense of belonging. Like, I, I, and I think at the heart and the core of every human being, we all want that. We want to feel like we belong somewhere. Yeah, right. Um, we have that longing. It's a core need of of every person that's sucking air, and so I, I want to. I want our church to be number one, a place that just has this gravitational pull of, of a sense of belonging. Like these are my people. Yeah. Uh, not only is God my God, but these are my people that I belong here. That that this is this is where. Like you said earlier, this is where I want my kids to be. Yeah. This is and, and obviously you know you can go to the extreme on that to where like you don't have anything outside the life of the local church. I'm not saying that, but like, yeah. but when it comes to like your core identity and like your people, the, these are my people yeah. and, and we belong and, and through that belonging, 
um, God is is shaping and forming our character and, and our person, and we are becoming, hmm. you know, the the full creative potential that He's wanted for us. He said in John ten ten, I've I've come that you may have life to the fullest. And if you read the New Testament, especially the writings of Paul, um, Paul makes a case for this in several of his letters like you cannot become spiritually mature and you cannot become you cannot grow spiritually outside of the context of the body which is the church yeah like you have to be connected to the church um because we all are interdependent on one another and so if you belong to the church belong to god it is through the work of the holy spirit in your life and through his people that you become everything god has created you to be you reach your full potential and through the process of belonging and becoming we also are brought together to build we build the kingdom of god on earth as it is in heaven Mm -hmm. that we are called to a task greater than ourselves and and that is creating a space for more people to come and belong, for more people to come and be connected to, to to reach as many people as we possibly can with the hope of Jesus Christ, yeah. with this alternate way of living and seeing the world that you don't have to expend your time, effort, energy trying to step over people and step on people and 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 you know slit throats on your way up to <laughs> right, the top, so right. to speak. But no, you. Actually, the way to greatness is is through service and and through unconditional love and through, you know, all of these things that doesn't make sense to the to the natural mind in the world that we're created to live in. Yeah. But we have to think, you know, it's easy for us to think like, oh, well, the world's never been as bad as it is now, you know. But it's this is the only world we know, right? But exactly. I mean, you have to remember, like, the world in which Jesus lived and walked the earth, it, it was dominated by the Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah. You want right. to talk about blood and carnage and, yeah. you know, uh, I, I mean, it was vastly immoral. I mean, there right. was all kinds of stuff going on in in the world in which, you know, Jesus lived. They just didn't have Twitter and, and Instagram and <laughs> right. TikTok yeah, and, yeah. you know, all of those things. And so... Um, Imagine how much more affected they would have been if they had had a... <laughs> yeah, because and I say that because I think sometimes we read, again, the, the teachings, the ideas of Jesus, and we think, yeah, that's just don't work, you know, in the world we live in. Well, yeah. you know, try living in the world he was living in, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, I mean, Caesars were literally murdering their own sons to make sure that, <laughs> you know, they, they retained power. So, yeah. I mean, it just was a wild, wild west, right? And so I think that, you know... Um, um, that's a long way of saying, like, I, I want to create, you know, and to be honest with you, it's still formulated in my spirit. I'm preaching through it. I'm thinking through it. I'm praying through it. But when I think of the church and when I think of destiny specifically, I want it to be this community of imperfect people that that have found their people, that this is a place where you can belong. This is a place where you can sink your teeth into. This is a place where you want your kids. Mm-hmm. This is a place where you want your life. You want to know these people. You want to do life with these people um, because you found that through the work of the Holy Spirit in these imperfect people, you are becoming the greatest version of yourself that God created you to be. Yeah. And 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 in that, you are with these people building something that's going to outlive yeah. you and outlast you and bring hope to people that are hopeless. I think that's the key. I mean, all three of those elements belong, become, and build are 
they have their purpose. But I think build is maybe where I would say the church, the American church falls short a lot of times. I think we have like the belong, like you're here, become like, well, let's all grow. Let's learn about, but the building factor, not, you know, not across the board. I wouldn't like rate anybody. I wouldn't rate my own life. But to me, that's where I, I see the greatest growth potential as well is, is in building is like ownership of like how am i going to belong to something i have no ownership in if it's like just right. catering to me it's like i go to my restaurant they know me they give me you know that's nice but there's not really a sense of purpose there so i think that's part of the role of, of pastors and those you know that belong to a church is how do we spurn one another on in good deeds you know and how do we have an ownership you have you're this is not just like country club. Like this, there's something to accomplish here. Um, and I feel like in the, in my own life, I want to just go and hang out with people I like, you know, yeah. like, but yeah. there's a greater mission. And you said this on Sunday, I think, um, the church doesn't have a mission. The mission has a church. Yeah. Um, might be a great place to wrap up there, but can you like kind of close that out for us? Like what's, what's your idea and, and, and thoughts behind that? Yeah. So, you know, we, as a church, we have a vision statement, like of, you know, what do we see our church as? Like, you know, we, we say it like this. We're a spiritual home that's rooted in the love of God and empowered by the Holy Spirit to reach all people mm-hmm. with the hope of Jesus. But in terms of, like, our mission, it, you know, um, it, and I'm not against forming or, you know, crafting mission statements. I mean, they serve a purpose. But I think, like, in some sense, at least for us, when we approach the table, it's like, okay, we can, we can come up with a vision of, like, how do we – who do we see ourselves as a church and what does that look like? And, you know, um, who are we becoming? But, you know, the, in terms of mission and what we do, what we are supposed to be doing, that was given to us by Jesus himself, like Matthew 28, right? Yeah. Uh, called the great commission right before Jesus ascends into heaven. He's looking at his disciples and he, he, he commissions them. He says, go make disciples and baptize them. Right. Um, that's the mission of the church. And, and, and Jesus says, this is what it's all about. Go make disciples. And so the mission's been given. And then he, he then about 40 days later, right? Or so in in an upper room, he establishes a church in the book of Acts in order to fulfill that very mission. And so, yeah, we say it a lot. And I'm not the one to, to originally coin the phrase. I can't remember. You can take credit. Nobody's going to know. Said it, but it's, it's, it's you know, the, the church doesn't have a mission. The mission has a church. Like, Jesus didn't create a church and say, okay, well, now what am I going to do right, with this church? Exactly, right, yeah. um, No, he saw, no, I'm about reconciling the world into myself. I'm about, yep, you know, calling all my kids back home to me. That's the mission, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make the church the vehicle through yep. which that takes place, and yeah. and so right. you know I think as the church, you know that's just how we see it. Like we don't have to craft a mission statement. We don't have to, you know, from from scratch. It's just like you know, go make disciples. Mm-hmm. This is what we're supposed to be doing, and and what does that look like? I mean, you know, the granular details we can, you know, that's a whole nother podcast. But but basically, it's you know, uh, I think Paul in one of his letters he says God is making His appeal through us. Like, yeah. like God has strategically positioned the church to be the one, the voice, the hands, the feet of Jesus that says, "Hey, all my all my lost kids, all my kids that 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 are far from me, come 
come back yeah. to, to the love of a father that is unconditional, that loves you right where you are. You don't have to change a thing about yourself right now for the love of God to impact your life. And, and you can come back to where you always belong, bloody, yeah. beaten, bruised, broken, you still belong in the Father's house. And and this is what the church is, is to do, is to love people back to God. Mm, I love that. I think that's spot on. And like you said, like, and Paul said, we are Christ's ambassadors. And I, mm-hmm. I think about this sometimes driving through D.C., you see where this ambassador lives, and you have, like, you know, the embassy here. It's We are the representatives of Christ, you know, and I would love— and that's another thing I disagree with God on or Jesus on in the Bible. I'm like, why'd you do the church with humans? <laughs> you could have split the sky yeah. open. It would have been a much better altar call. <laughs> uh, but we are Christ's ambassadors. Like, that's mm-hmm. our job. And I think, you know, it's like we're fishers of, of men. And, you know, it's like the idea sometimes I think a lot of churches like, let's make the boat so cool that yeah. the fish just jump in here. You know, it's like, yeah. well... I'm for that. I want to have good programs and good services, but and good Sunday mornings. But our our calling is to go out to to build that that kingdom. So I think that's great. Um, well, I appreciate all the time you spent with me tonight. Um, Man, it was my honor. Yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd any love uh, to. any parting words you'd like to say, or did you say enough? Oh, I think I said <laughs> more than enough, probably too much, yeah. but just thank you, man, so much. I, I've it just been truly a blessing of God, um, your friendship in my life and your family just being connected, not just to the church, but to, to Kimberly and I personally. can't tell you how much you guys have meant to us, and um, we love y'all, and you just are a gift of God in our lives, and we're thankful to be doing life with you. Right, don't make me cry on my own podcast here. But no, it's, I mean, it's a real blessing for us. And it's just, it's kind of like we were talking about the last episode, just like this, the direction of God, like getting in, you're yeah. like, okay, like we found destiny. I was on Google and then saw you on Instagram, you know, like, and mm-hmm. it's like church right up the road. I guess I'll go check it out. And like, yeah. we went and just felt like the, spirit deposited like a clear sign of like i actually I turned to Brady. i'm like what do you think she's like oh this is it so she she made it remind for me i was like okay um but at, at the uh, so uh, time thankful, where we really man. needed it and i've, I've seen yeah. the church you know be what we talked about in a good way and i, I yeah. want to be involved in it. and that's my some of my beef and i don't want to continue this conversation too much longer is a lot of times people throw stones at the church and and again yeah. I, I get it i totally get We're it an and easy target yeah <laughs> but they leave it completely and i'm yeah. like well you've kind of given up your credibility yeah uh it, you know or your effectiveness and it's like chip and joanna Gaines. they don't go change a house by working from the outside they're inside so it's this yeah. renovation concept yeah. and like that's where, like, I mean, I got horror stories in the church just like anyone else. But, like, if I, we really want to see things change, it's yeah. going to happen from the inside. Yeah. Um, and that's my view. And I, I don't say that to shame anybody that's left it or given up. I would love to talk to you, bring you on the podcast even, sure. you know. But yeah, um, I really appreciate Destiny and your leadership and um, vision for it because we've yeah. caught it. We're in on it. And it's it's been impactful in my own life. And that's all I can say is, like, I'm just a walking testimony yeah. to it. Um, and I think we got some good things ahead. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, we'll do it again soon. Thanks.